What's up, everybody? Welcome to the No Liabilities Podcast. I'm here with one of my really good buddies, Tony. Uh, I met Tony in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Tony is now a brown butt under Chewy. How's it going, man? I'm doing okay. We're surviving. We uh, we miss getting on the mats, that's for sure. Um, you know, starting to expand. You know, the uh, I'm get I'm at the COVID 15. Uh, a few more weeks, I'll get to the COVID 19. But, uh, <laughs> I saw yeah. a funny meme. It was uh, the Dragon Ball Z meme. It was like, just wait until COVID, uh, was it COVID-20 shows up or something like that, but it was hilarious. Yeah, but no, in all seriousness, so uh, we, uh, you know, we're, we're for, uh, you know, I think something we'll talk about a little later, but uh, for a lot of us, uh, you know, the uh, getting on the mats is, is kind of a therapy for us. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I've been lucky that, uh, you know, I've been able to you know, do some stuff with my daughter and with my family and get out and ride my, my, my mountain bike to, to, you know, get off some steam and, you know, get some relaxation in. But, uh, you know, getting on the mats has been, you know, very helpful for me to, you know, work off some stress and things. And just not being able to do that has been, it's been a challenge. Yeah. For some, for some other folks, it's, it's significantly worse, you know. So uh, I just can't wait to get back. It, it'll be a lot. Of, it'll be not only physically helpful, but it'll be, a, it'll be mentally helpful. For sure. Yeah, that's something that, uh, I mean, a lot of people didn't really take into consideration is that, I mean, jiu-jitsu is such a, a big therapy for people that have PTSD or, you know, people that have, have been to war or people that have just been in situations. I mean, it really helps them get through some tough times. I, I know personally, like, I haven't been to war or anything like that, but, you know, I suffer with, uh, well, I used to suffer uh, with depression and anxiety and a lot of that stuff and just being on the mat, like really helps me get through all that stuff. Well, it's, it's funny you talk about that. We, we did a, a white belt session uh, a little right before we, uh, we, we still shut down the gym a little, a little while ago and we went around the, uh, the session and, um, you know, a lot of folks, um, use jujitsu to cope with some form of depression, uh, whether it's, you know, a, a traumatic event, um, you know, whether it's a, a some type of trauma, whether it's a, an assault of some type, whether it's a sexual assault, whether it's a soldier going to, to, to war and having some type of post-traumatic stress, whether it's just even you had something go on at work, whether you, you lost your job or you're worried about losing your job and you're under that constant stress. You go to jujitsu and you have that break where you, you, you turn that off. It all, you all you turn that off and you're around like-minded people where you get to take a break from that. And, um, you know, you, you do jujitsu and you're working on that. And it's not only just, you know, doing the jujitsu, it's the conversations you have afterwards where you get to open up about your feelings too. Um, and you come to find out you're not the only one that's got issues. You know, when you're, when you're locked in depression, sometimes you think you're the only one that has ever had any of those feelings. Um, and sometimes, you know, like, you know, if anybody's even had suicidal thoughts, you know, you think you're the only one that's ever had those and you come to find out someone else has had it, you know, and, uh, that feeling of not being alone. And then you just been out there murdering each other on the mats, you know, and, 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 and you're like, Whoa, you know, this isn't so bad. And then you want to come back because you're like this, this, this guy or gal gets it. And then you find out you've got a whole family of guys or gals that gets it. And you're like, you just keep wanting to support each other. And then suddenly that's gone, yeah. you know, and that's an impact. And, and for like, for me, you know, I'm on the, the, 
the not as bad side of the cases, you know, but there are folks that, that really need this. Like, like, you know, they really need this. And, um, you know, we've, we've, you know, had significant impacts, you know, uh, I'm sure it's contributed to, to some folks, you know, you know, either having to check back into psychological counseling or on the worst case, you know, you know, having either attempted or lost their lives during this time, which is kind of really bad. Um, there's no other way around to saying that it's just bad. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a terrible thing. Um, I mean, I know personally, like when I was struggling, uh, so for the people that don't know and that are listening to the podcast, I actually hospitalized myself. I think when I was around like 16 or 17, uh, I took like a bunch of ibuprofen, uh, and I was doing jujitsu at the time, but I wasn't, I kind of trying to think how to explain I didn't really care about it. And then once I got taken out of jujitsu for a while, and once I came out of like the hospital and stuff like that, I was like, I'm putting everything into jujitsu. And that's kind of uh, what led to the path that I'm on now. Cause I'm like, I can use jujitsu to help other people. And when I found out that a lot of people in the gym were kind of struggling with the same things that I was struggling with, I got so many people come up to me and talk to me after that and kind of, wanted to help out and I was like man this is awesome like you know I want to be able to give that to other people so then Chewy promoted me to black belt and uh, I have my black belt speech where I kind of opened up and I started talking about like you know most people see me as Chad the person who's in the gym you know just killing it you know a monster on the mat and stuff like that but they don't really you know know me personally but then when I opened up and started talking about my feelings and what was going on and what had happened in my life I had hundreds of people writing me from all around the world like man like your video is inspiring like you inspired me to start jujitsu um you've inspired me to like you know better myself so it's a it's a powerful thing yeah for definitely for sure and and jujitsu is empowering um and, and it's it's one of those things that you know we, we wanted to talk about about is uh you know the empowerment of jujitsu and um you know, uh, one of the things that, that, you know, that I'm involved in and, and I, I thoroughly believe in is, is that, that we defy association with the foundation, we divide foundation. Um, you know, one of their, one of their, you know, the, the things that they, they say is prove them wrong. It's an empowerment. Um, uh, and for those of you out there that, that don't understand or know what it is, it's a, it's a, a veteran organization for, for those that they use uh, combat sports, um, i.e. jiu-jitsu and, and some of the other ones that for uh, folks that uh, have some type of disability uh, uh, for veterans. Um, and they, they provide um, scholarships or sponsorships for, for, for veterans to train at, at different facilities um, to overcome some of their, uh, their, their, their challenges. I don't like to refer to them handicaps, and most of the folks that have them don't like to refer to them handicaps. Like for myself, um, I have two total hip replacements, um, twice fused neck. Um, I got an arm that doesn't quite work, and a few screws loose. It's a bionic uh, man. Uh, yeah. So, but you know, they, I, I'm eligible for them to pay for my gym fees. I, I can afford to pay for myself, but if I couldn't, they would be, would pay for my gym fees. Um, because if I couldn't go to the gym, I, I would. I would be in a better place. Be a better, there'd be no other way of really describing it for it. So for guys like me, they, they, they enable you to, to, to go and, you know, prove them wrong because, you know, a guy like me shouldn't be able to go to jujitsu. I mean, I'm for, for good, bad or different. I'm a brown belt in jujitsu and it's not because somebody felt sorry for me and gave me a brown belt. 
I mean, I go out there and and handle business. Yeah, you work because, your ass off. I mean, Chad would not give me anything. I mean, trust me, he gave me a lot of shit is what he did. <laughs> I got I got there and he showed me, he said, basically, you suck, slide one of one. I mean, basically, for the first year, it was, we need to get you back up to speed because you, no. <laughs> you, 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 no. You know, you, you need to earn stuff. And, and that's what we did. But part of the We Defied Foundation is, is, you know, they enable folks to get in and work through their challenges. So each one of the gyms, um, let's say you need a ramp just to get into the gym. They will provide the ramp so that you can get in the gym and to get at the actual facility. And then the, the gyms themselves, the instructors, you know, they provide the private lessons that they're necessary in order to integrate you into the classes um, so that you're just one of the normal guys or gals. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's, it's a really nice thing. Um, and, um, it's not cheap, but, uh, it, uh, it provides the opportunity to once again, um, you know, you, you're just enabling folks to, to give them their fair shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that saves, I mean, tons of lives. I mean, I've, you know, being right next to Fort Knox, I've had so many soldiers come in and I've been able to listen to their stories and just kind of, they'll tell me things that have happened in their life. And they're like, man, like I use jujitsu as just a, a way to cope. And, you know, and some people that, that aren't as lucky that don't have the money, you know, places like We Defy that are helping them out, like, you know, they're, they're saving their lives and it's an awesome thing to, to see. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's just, it's just, it's making their lives better. Yeah. It's not just that. It's just, it's just, you know, the smiles. I mean, just, I mean, that, that, I mean, just when you watch that and their families, their families' lives are better too. Um, uh, and, and that, that's just the connection that, that I love. I mean, that's the, it, it really, it, it, it's, it's overall holistically, um, connecting us back to, to what I could refer to as the normal people. Now that I'm like, you know, I'm retired for a couple of years now, I'm becoming one of the normal people, you know? Uh, so it's, it's a great way to tie us back into normal society. Um, yeah. but yeah. So, so for the people that are listening, um, I mean, you've kind of mentioned, uh, that you kind of help with the, the weed of and all that stuff. I mean, what kind of, what got you into all that stuff? Like, um, do you give us a little background information? Okay. Um, a little background on myself. I'm a, I'm retired army. Um, I did a couple decades in the army. Uh, what got me into jujitsu? Um, uh, you know, like a lot of us, uh, you know, we, we, I'm a little older. Uh, we, we watched the, the first UFCs and everything. And we, we thought, you know, we bought into the, the whole Gracie shtick. And, uh, but in the, you know, the, the late nineties, early two thousands, there, there wasn't a whole lot of places you could train jujitsu. I mean, it really wasn't. Um, you know, so, uh, we started trying to, to find a places and, you know, the first couple duty stations, you could barely find a place to train. Um, when I got back from Korea, uh, you know, I, I found a gym in Tucson, Arizona. I was stationed at Fort Huachuca. I mean, you had to drive an hour and a half to go to a gym and, uh, they had a brown belt there. I mean, I was like, and, and, and he wasn't always there. So you, you were lucky to have a purple belt or a blue belt teaching you. So, I mean, that was an example of, you know, and that was a good gym, you know? Uh, so, you know, then you'd, uh, then you'd move and then you just have to start all over again as a white belt, you know, and then, uh, and then, then the army started their combatives program, which was based on jujitsu, which was like super cool. Cause then you got to train jujitsu. Um, and, 
course, the, for me, then that was the I had to, you know, a couple deployments interrupted that. But while you're on deployments, you get to train too, because soldiers always find a way to uh, to vent frustration. So you don't necessarily even have to find mats. You know, ground ground space. You know, and you, you know, it's always a good way to, you know, have fun. And then any chance they had to find, oh, we got you beat up an officer. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna do that with a, with a quickness. So it, it was fun, the, but it was always a challenge trying to, uh, you know, settle down and find a school in the uh, the early time. Uh, as the years progressed, though, you could see the growth of schools being established. It was a lot easier to find a place to train consistently. Um, you know, the second time I came back to Arizona, there was a, an established black belt there where I could train, um, you know, and, and, you know, progress. Um, and then when I moved to DC, um, you know, there was Leo Dalla. I mean, he was established, you know, and, you know, got to train under him and, and his school system, you know, that be obviously, you know, you can see that how it had firmly grown. So now you're in the military there's no place you can can move to it doesn't have a black belt i mean if you're not training under a black belt now that's your choice you know it, it, it it's amazing to see the growth before it was you couldn't find a black belt now it's if you don't find a black belt you're really trying hard not to yeah so at uh at derby city in particular you know the gym that i was at, well i mean the gyms that you're at now too yeah. um when I first started, it was uh, Kyle and Colin had ran the gym, and they were both uh, brown belts at the time. And we had an instructor that they had actually hired from Brazil, uh, but that was just a, a big, long ordeal. I'll get into that probably uh, yeah. later on in a future podcast. But they ended up uh, kicking him out of the gym. So, I mean, mostly I learned from Kyle and Colin for about, three to four years and then Chewy mm. took the gym over and then Chewy was uh, a purple belt at the time. Mm. So, you know, I never really learned from a black belt and it's kind of cool seeing like, you know, a lot of these gyms that came up from like not having a black belt. I mean, there's some of the, mm. the top schools in the, the nation now. Yeah. And it's just, it's funny cause you, you, you had to seek knowledge, you know, for, you know, and that's for you, it's the, the, you know, but you, the hunger and development, you know, I mean, it's a, uh, you know, it's just a weird way of looking at it, you know? Um, but you're, you know, you've been in co competition from jump street, you know? And then, you know, you're always looking for the, you know, somebody to challenge you, you know, it's, it's always, you're, you're not, you know, you're, you're always hungry. You're never satisfied, you know? Yeah. And I guess part of that's part of it is, is, you know, if, you know, you're satisfied being the best guy in the room, you know, then, you know that it's you, you. You're always looking to. You know, I want to find the next best guy. Yeah. You know, um, and that's that's gonna be that's always the hardest part. You know. I mean, so um, I mean, for me personally, when I was about to move and go away from uh, Derby City to to move to Guardian MMA, the gym that I'm at now, I was mm -hmm. almost like. I was terrified, dude. Like I was having a panic attack when I was about to move here and just kind of like mm -hmm. freaking out. And I'm like, man, like I'm about to leave all my friends and family. Uh, can you kind of, I mean, from my experience, like I was so scared. Like, like I said, I was having a panic attack. And then, uh, when I got there and I settled in, I was like, you know what? I found, I found a new home. I mean, what has it been like for you to have to 
you know, consistently change gyms over and over. Cause I mean, for me, that was a hard thing. Like I was, I kind of freaked out. It is hard. Um, I mean, part of it is I'm just so, so used to moving in the military. Um, I mean, I, I treat it, you know, it's, I guess part of it's just, it's so, you know, I try to integrate myself immediately as you know, adopting their culture. You know, you take, you, you first of all, you're going to take a lot of lumps. I mean, you, you, you take the lumps, um, you know, but you try to integrate into their culture as fast as you can. Um, but you bring yourself in there, you know, I mean, I always try to bring, you know, bring part of me in there. I mean, it's always going to be okay. If they don't want to hang out afterwards and, and chat, well, first of all, maybe they pick the wrong gym. But if it's the people are still good people, they just don't do it. Well, I'm going to start, you know, trying to make them do it. You know, hey, let's have coffee on Saturday. Let's do, you know, let's try to do this. Let's, and then slowly but surely, you know, just kind of one person becomes two, two becomes four. You know, the next thing you know, the positive vibe starts going because it, if there's a generally negative cloud over, got to figure out what's, what's causing the generally negative cloud, you know? Um, or if there was one, like let's say a gym cancer just left and there's just kind of this, this, you know, generally negative feeling. Cause when I first, let's say, for example, I, I showed up to my gym in North Carolina and there was a cloud just kind of hanging there. So it's the, it was a gym cancer that just left. Um, and, uh, I got there and everybody was just kind of like moping around. I'm like, dude, you're a bunch of good dudes. What's up? You know? And you just, just start bringing positive attitude, you know, and you don't have to be fake about it. You just be you. And then you just find out that these people are generally positive. They're just so used to having somebody that's negative around them that, you know, yeah, I mean, kinda... all, all it takes is one uh, one cancer to bring down an entire gym. That's why, yeah. I, I mean, I know Chewy, Chewy does it, and I do it at my gym now. Like, I mean, if you're causing problems and, like, you know, you're making it an unhealthy place for people to train, people come to jiu-jitsu to be able to train and yeah. be stress-free. Like, I personally, like, I don't want any drama. Like, if there's drama in the gym, like, you better settle it outside of the gym or, you know, we don't want you at the gym because, I mean, you're ruining my – my day, I don't want to have to go to something that I love and kind of hate it just because, you know, there's that one person just kind of bringing you down, you know? Yeah. And then the other part is being willing to move, move gyms. I mean, honestly being, I mean, I, I haven't had to do it from when I showed up, but like literally if I'm going to, if I show up in a new place and I have to be able to be able to pick up and move to a new gym. Um, and I gotta be able to make that decision pretty quickly. I mean, it's, it's, as much as you know, the, we talk about gym loyalty and all that. It, it's I am at the, at the end of the day, I am paying you to teach me, um, and I'm provide I'm putting myself and my safety in your hands, literally. You know, um, if I can't at the end of the day walk out of your gym feeling like the next time I come in, I'm not gonna get messed up. You know, yeah. and, or or, or the second you turn turn your back as the instructor, because you may be a good dude, but like the three or four dudes on a mat are just clowns that are just waiting for you to turn your back. I don't need to be there, you know, because that's just a it's a, it's a toxic situation. 
I don't need to pay. To, I don't need to pay for that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and quite frankly, at this age, I got enough friends. I don't, you know. I mean, they can say what they want to say about me. I wow. I, I don't care. Um, but it you know it, it's it's important to be able to 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 recognize that and be man enough to look at the instructor face and say, listen, you know, this is the good, this is the bad, and this is why I'm leaving. You just don't you know not show up the next day. You yeah. got to look the guy in the eyes and go. I'm leaving. I feel like a big thing. So I remember uh, you specifically when you came in to Derby City, you said that uh, you had went uh, more towards your house and you tried out some gyms and they kind of like you're like, it was an all right atmosphere, but you're like, well, I'm going to I'm going to see if one of these other gyms are a better atmosphere. And then you came into Derby City and then I, I think I was the first person to talk to you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So me and you were the first people to talk. We talked to each other like 20, 30 minutes, then you came in, convinced you to try the classes out. Well, I didn't have to convince you, you ready to try the classes out yeah. anyways. <laughs> but you yeah. came into the classes, you liked everybody, and, you know, you ended up picking Derby City over uh, some of these other gyms. And I think it's important, like, if you're moving gyms, or even if it's your first gym, like if I have some people listening that, you know, you haven't tried to get to, but you're kind of interested in it, if you go to a gym and it, you kind of have like this weird feeling about the gym, don't be scared to, to try another gym. And uh, just personally, so uh, Justin Court, I mean yourself, and uh, plenty of other people, they drive well over 40 minutes uh, to get to a, you know, a good gym and a gym that they like to train at. And can you give me your perspective of why you continue to drive? I mean, your drive is probably at least almost an hour. I yeah, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, on, like I said, on a really good day, I can make it in 35 minutes. I mean, on a really good day, all stoplights are green. There's no deer in the road. There's no cops anywhere. Um, <laughs> but no, I said, if I take my time, 45 minutes, no, no problems, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it's that, that stretch from the cement plant to Derby City that's the wild card. Um, but the reason I come, uh, the, the people and how you guys treat my daughter. I mean, Angelina is is family there, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and and honestly, if everybody that's there, they know if somebody have ever tried to like, you know, they know who Angelina is supposed to be with, yeah. you know. I mean, I I can never I never worry about her there. Uh, but that aside, um, I just feel right there. Um, the quality of instruction speaks for itself. I mean, that that's beside the point. Um. I mean, we have a density of people to train with. Um, you mean you have a high density of people to train with, which is great. Um, I mean, you, you know, the density of upper belts to train with at any one time. You can come in just if you wanted just to drill with somebody. Uh, you've got a, a number of people to drill with. I mean, we get you know as as we get next couple of years, we'll have an exponential number of 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 brown and black belts. But that being said, even rewind when I sure showed up, you know, you're getting a level of detail. Um, I mean, just, just for you, for, you, know, you can use you for use you, for example, um, you approach me and you're like, Hey, I was looking back on tape. I watched you from earlier in the week. And this is the stuff you were doing right, which I don't really don't care about. This is the stuff you were doing wrong. You did this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. And I said, excuse me, 
you are watching tape of me. Say that again. <laughs> Just to have an instructor say that they're watching tape of their students. That was amazing. I mean, just, you know, I mean, because a lot of, a lot of instructors that I've seen over the years, they're, you know, they won't take the time to take a step back from class to watch their students. Um, whether it's an ego thing or not, I'm, I, I'm not sure where it is, but they would rather spend the time rolling with their students, which is fun, but, you know, there's a certain time to step back and watch the students because, you know, rolling students, you can do. Um, but if you're not be able to evaluate them, then, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a wash. And yeah. that's what struck me. So I, I always try to take really good care of uh, my students. I mean, again, it goes back to, I mean, you all are paying me to make you better. Um, so it kind of goes two ways. I mean, one, like I said before, I'm in this stuff so I can help better people's lives and, you know, make them really good at this stuff. And in return, like, let's say that I made you into a monster, then I have another good partner that I can train with compared to if I just, I didn't sacrifice any of my time, then you guys never get to the level that I'm at and I can't improve either. So it, it kind of goes both ways. But I really like just, you know, I like studying film and being like, you know, you're doing this wrong, this wrong. And like I said, at the end of the day, that, that helps me out as well. Cause I, I, I do that a lot with a lot of my students. Uh, and just the other day at guardian, I was telling one of my guys, I was like, Hey man, like if you did this, you, you might be able to sleep me better. Well, mm -hmm. I went in to try to pass his guard and the fucker slept me right on my head <laughs> on the back of my head. And I was like, oh, okay, there you go. So, I mean, he took it to heart and I mean, he slept me with it. So now the next time that we're going together, I got to come up with a new trick to, to stop him from doing that, but it made me have to, to change my game up and continue to evolve as well. So by helping you all evolve, I, I get to make it to the next level as well. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely. Uh, I mean things like that are just what, what really impresses me. Uh, just the, the, you know, the the instructors taking that extra step to to make us better, uh, and then brutal honesty. I mean, not sugarcoating it. I mean, I mean when you're willing to tell somebody that they suck at something. And and also, knowing the person you're talking to, you know, because some people you, you tell them that and they're just going to shut down. I mean, maybe I don't know. Uh, I mean, some people just need it. I mean, you tell me if I suck, I'm I'm going to be like, okay, okay. I, I suck. Okay, good. I I'll, I'm going to get better. Some people you tell them they suck and they're going to go cry about it and and just be a baby. Yeah. Uh, which. Maybe jujitsu is not their sport. Um, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, jujitsu is definitely not for everybody. They say it's for everybody, but it's only for everybody if you go to one of those schools where you're not rolling and you're kind of kind of like they're punching air. <laughs> but uh, one thing that I like to bring up, um, I mean, the, the Michael Jordan documentary that's been coming on, I've always been, you know, not like brutally hard on my students, but, you know, I hold them accountable and I'm like, hey, man, like we need to work on this, we need to do this, and you look at Michael Jordan, the reason that he was the best is because he pushed his teammates, you know, to make it to that next level as well. You know, he cared so much about his teammates. I think they were talking, saying that, like, one night he didn't let one of his teammates eat because he's like, no, man, like, <laughs> like, you better fucking win this next game or you're not eating. You know, and I'm not that brutal, you know, but I'll tell you where you're messing up and be like, hey, man, like, if you want, if you honestly want to get better, you know, this is, this is the way to do it. 
And, you know, that person that was telling me all that stuff, I mean, my dad would straight up tell me, be like, yeah, you suck at this, you need to work on this, or, you know, I always had somebody that told me that, and I was like, you know, when someone told me that, I really started to think about it, and I was like, I do fucking suck at that, like, okay, I need to, I need to rework, and then I would get better at it, and it helped me in the long run, so, uh, I mean, if Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time for doing that, I mean, you better follow in his footsteps, and it, it, that, that goes for any, any sport, I mean, he did it for basketball, but it translates to jiu-jitsu, and you know, all the other sports as well. Yeah. And, and, and they, they have to be willing to, to take it, digest it and then apply it. I mean, some of it's you know, just toss it over. Okay. Got it. Roger. The guy's being, he's just being who he is. The other part is, okay, what does this really mean? You know, do I need to apply it? Yeah, I need to apply it. How do I need to apply it? You know, that's the, the important part. I mean, you know, we go down and I go down, you know, I, you know, usually I love to bring friends down to go to train at guardian uh, you know, they're like, your, your guys always come forward. I mean, that's the one thing. It's just like, they're, they're always coming forward at you. Um, I mean, it was just the, uh, yeah, it's relentless attack. It's, it's, yeah. And that's the, it's just a one, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, it's, you, you bring your, bring a lunch bail. I always, that's always remind myself, bring a lunch bail because you're not, you're not getting a break. Um, and that's the, uh, it's, it's a, it's a great thing. I mean, whatever you're, whatever you're, you're beating into their heads, it's, it's just, a, it's a relentless it's uh, we got a guy named Gary up here where we were at. Uh, he just got his purple belt, and he is like he's he must be doing telecommute to your place because he's like one of your students. I mean, just, just Gary is, is literally a clone of one of your students. He he's just got the relentless attack. Um, it's just which is a it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a blessing to roll with him, you know. And he's a hard he's a, he's a hard nosed roll too. He's also a guy that. Um, some folks don't necessarily like to roll them because he's just because he comes. Well, he's one of those roles that, that it's like me back in the day. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those roles where there's there's no real soft roll. There's he knows how to, he knows how to flow roll. Dude, dude does know how to flow roll. Yeah, but it, it's not a it's it's yeah, it's, so it's, it, it you're going and you know you you know you 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 know you roll with them and it's okay. I'm okay with it. Some folks are like fuck. Yeah. It's scary. God damn it. <laughs> so I think a, a big part of my training and uh I mean you know you you trained under me and we did private lessons for yeah. I mean a good solid three years. Um but the way that I teach my techniques and stuff like that is I always teach everything to go in a sequence. That way we're always one step ahead of the person, right? So no mm-hmm. matter what I taught, it was always a sequence like Okay, and it wasn't like if they move this way, they do this. I kind of try to teach the principles so you know exactly what the person's going to do. And you can almost uh, set the person up for stuff, Mm -hmm. which is why I teach my style, which feels like when you're rolling with one of my guys, it feels like that nonstop attack because they just know the next thing that's coming. They know the next thing because we practice uh, exact sequences to, to go in order to just chain my techniques. This doesn't work. We're automatically moving to the next thing. And then it causes the person on bottom, or I mean, if you're on top to, to use a lot of energy to try to compensate. And that's where we're taking advantage of a lot of people. So I try to teach uh, principles and, you know, just little tiny techniques. Like, uh, I think I've showed you this, like when someone's breathing, and their chest goes, and that's when you put your pressure down. You know, stuff like that's important because that's what wears uh, wears your opponents down. If you roll with any of my guys, like you instantly know you're like, man, this guy's freaking coming at me, right? And he's squashing me. Yeah. 
And that, that's what I've always wanted to build. I mean, I did the same thing at Derby City. I've done it at Guardian. Anybody who comes under me, like, you're going to be relentless. You're going to attack, and you're, you're going to know, like, the series to where it feels like you're a black belt, even if you've been training, like, three to four years. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you really take everything to heart and you study this stuff and, you know, you train with me, like, my goal isn't to make you a black belt in 10 years. It's to make you a black belt in five if I can. And, mm-hmm. you know, and you see it, like, people like Patrick – uh, at Derby City, you know, Patrick's been training like four or five years down. He's tapping out black belts. I mean, it's oh, yeah. just, it, it's phenomenal to, to see uh, just my systems going into play and people really taking it to heart. And you see those people just out there crushing it. Yeah. I mean, Patrick's, I, I, I love watching him work. His guard work is amazing. Yeah. Very frustrating. Trust me. <laughs> it's very fucking frustrating. It's just the shit out of me. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so while you were uh, while you were traveling around and stuff, so Tony, you're the actually, or you're actually the person that got me uh, introduced. To, well, let me rephrase this. So I, I had heard about Lanky Fight Gear. Um, yep, yep. I actually, my dad bought me a gi when I was a purple belt. I, I think this was when Lanky first came around. They started uh, yep. making these gis, and my dad's like, "Oh, I'll get this new gi called Lanky. Like that fits you perfect." And I was like, oh, yeah, it does. Uh, I was wearing lanky geese back in the day. Um, but then you came in, and I, at the time, I was the only other person that knew about lanky. Like, I was the only person with a lanky gee. And you came in and had all these lanky geese. <laughs> How'd you end up meeting uh, meeting him? Okay, it's 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 kind of an odd way. Um, so I, I, you know, I met John virtually. Um, and, uh, you know, when Lanky first came out, you know, he had the, the, the first, just the, the first blue gi was the, the commander. And, uh, you know, it was, yeah, so if I, I bought one cause it, you know, you and I both know, we, no, hardly any geese fit us, you know, you usually get one, the top fits you and the bottom doesn't fit you. So you end up mixing and matching. So you get one that fits you, um, or one shrinks and one doesn't. So it was literally the first gi to fit. So, I mean, I bought like three of them, <laughs> you know? uh, and, uh, you know, I wrote him, when's the next key coming out? And then and we, we, we started writing back and forth. Then his next key would come out, you know? So I bought several of those. Uh, and then, um, you know, the, just the collaboration came back and forth. We wrote it back and forth. And then, um, yeah, yeah, he, uh, you know, he, he put an extra t-shirt in or he just put a little note in there and, and we'd, we'd write back and forth. Um, after a while, um, you know, uh, a friend of mine made a suggestion and said, Hey, well, you know, you, you know, you, you've, you've been a pretty good customer of his, you know, you, you know, he's been, he's actually been really nice about taking care of you. You know, he's always giving you extra stuff here and there, you know, he's giving you some stuff to give to the gym. Cause he's been, he's been really, a, he's really a generous, been a really generous guy. You know, if, you know, he's, you know, I've told him, so we had, had some guys that, you know, going to competition really can't afford stuff for the gym. You know, he's throwing stuff in, you know, put some geese in boxes for us. You know, you know, he's had some extras here and there. He's, he's taking care of guys, you know. Um, so I said, hey, you know, I asked him for a sponsorship. You know, <laughs> I said, hey, can I get it? You know, I'm I'm not asking for money. I'm just asking for a couple training geese. You know, yeah. I'll wear I'll wear them at competition. You know, I'll I'll spread the word. Yeah, you know, do everything. And uh, he says, you know, and he he. Uh, yeah, he he won up my my offer. Let's just say that <laughs> I won't get into specifics, but he. Uh, yeah, he he took good care of me. Yeah, I like him a lot, man. He's a good uh, dude. I mean, he just yeah, he just straight up took care of me. Um, and uh, you know, he actually my my friend my friend Adam and I were supposed to go out and train with him out in Baltimore. The timing just never worked out for us to go train with him. 
Uh, we were supposed to do some leg lock stuff with him. And, uh, yeah, just it, every time I was supposed to go out, it just, it just always fell through, which I, feel, I felt horrible about. Uh, <laughs> and but, you yeah. should plan a, plan a trip up there on time to go train with we, him. We should, uh, definitely. But, uh, you know, he's helped me, uh, you know, set up uh, an academy gi for my, my old gym in, in North Carolina. Came, that thing came out really nice, too. Uh, uh, he's done, you know, uh, you know, some layout work for other people. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, you, you know, he's just been really, uh, you know, really cordial, friendly, uh, you know, just some of the, some of the stuff that, he, you know, uh, you know, ideas he's bounced off. It's just been, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, you could definitely tell that the profit is not the bottom line with him. Uh, the bottom line is is the quality, the uh, the individuals he has, you know, in the line with him, you know, watching them succeed, you know, I mean, and uh, the reputation, you know, I, I think that's I think that's important to him. I could be wrong. I mean, I, but uh, it, it, it just seems that way with him. Yeah, you know? it seems like that uh, to me as well, just from, you know, the little time that I've known him and got uh, to talking to him and everything. I mean, and it, it's just funny because, like I said, for a guy that, you know, I only know virtually, it just seems like he's your neighbor. <laughs> That's just one of those, it just, you know. Uh, but, yeah. Um, so uh, one of the last things that I wanted to talk about um, – a lot of people struggle with this, and I've asked it on uh, I've asked it on almost every podcast now with everybody that has a family. I mean, in your case, it it's uh, almost even harder because your daughter has or has been diagnosed with autism. You know, your wife is also um, in the army, um, and yourself, you're in the army. You're doing jujitsu. You're doing all this stuff. It, I mean, it's got to be hard managing managing your time how do you manage your time to be able to do jujitsu and do everything that you want while having a family okay well you know you know well the uh well i'm retired army so it helps that helps i'm dad <laughs> um the uh having a daughter with autism um she's my full-time job uh you know getting her to all of her appointments um you know the the homeschooling thing went with recently has you know been uh eating up a lot of time since we haven't had to go to the gym it's been, been moot before that um it's been uh a challenge because of uh, my wife's job um when we first met my wife was uh, working really really late so i could do as much jujitsu as i wanted um if you don't want to balance it you can do as much jiu-jitsu as you want. Um, that's the wrong answer. I, I, I can be really honest with you. If you don't want to balance your life, you can do as much jiu-jitsu as you want. And you can have a really crappy family life. Uh, that was the first year I was here. I had absolutely the worst family life balance. Uh, did a lot of jiu-jitsu, though. Um, the... In order to balance your life, you've got to figure out almost how much jujitsu can you do and sustain what you want and as well as meet the family's needs. Um, and then you have to make be a realist. What's your goal? 
you know, for me, you know, like my goal is, is to sustain what I've, what I'm at and progress. So I'm able to do that and maintain my, my, what I have in my family. Um, it's less jujitsu than I was doing a lot less, but I'm okay with it. Um, if I wanted to be a world champion, my balance would be way off, but I'm okay with that. I can live with that. I'm not going to be a world champion. I'm good with it. Um, everybody's got to answer that question. Um, but like I told, tell people before, why do I do jujitsu? My daughter. So I can look her in the eyes and say, you can do anything. So she gets the higher priority than the jujitsu. It, it's, you know, and then, you know, when my wife's not working, she gets some time because, <laughs> you know, she's home. Um, but you know, this last job, she's been able to be home. So she's now home. I got to spend time with her. It, it, you know, if she's home, I can spend time with her. She's not at work. <laughs> um, so, so it's, it's a juggling act. Um, and I'm dancing around this, but, uh, <laughs> it's not easy. That's uh, not a, definitely. not an easy question at all. And everybody that I've asked that, uh, so I actually got that question on my email list. Uh, if you guys want on the email list, you can go to my Instagram. It has it there. Yeah. Uh, but that was one of the first questions that I received. I was like, man, that's a, that's a really good question. And for me personally, jujitsu has always been my job. Um, and then I talked to Sean Hammonds about it and he was like, yeah, I mean, I had to make jujitsu my job and able in order to do this. And then I talked to my buddy, Tim and you know, he doesn't, uh, he owns a bunch of businesses. He owns, uh, like Dunkin' Donuts and a little Rosa's pizza and stuff like that. And I got his perspective on it. And he's like, look, man, I mean, it, my business comes first and I do the jujitsu for fun as, and something, uh, uh, to, to kind of relax him. And, you know, he was a former Marine, so it kind of gets his mind off of everything. And he's like, uh, and then what you're saying, uh, to put it in perspective is, you know, you're not here to be a world champion. You're doing jujitsu to, to teach your daughter that she can do anything and also, you know, to help out your personal life and help you get through some things that you have been through as well. Um, so it's, it's kind of awesome to, to see everybody's perspective of why they're doing jujitsu. And I think that you have to really put in perspective, like you said, am I doing jujitsu to be a world champion or am I doing this stuff to, to get my mind off stuff and, you know, help with my depression my anxiety and stuff like that i mean don't get me wrong it, it, would i love to have more time to do jujitsu yeah i would don't get me wrong but i have to drive 40 minutes to get there i mean you know so i lose an hour and a half of my day just in travel if it was 10 minutes away i could get that time back you know but then i could spend more time in jujitsu you know and that's the there's the balance. I, 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 you know, that's the other part is you'll lose more time. And tr as you know, driving for me is stressful as shit. Yeah. So, so part of my de-stressing is after I drive, I unwind viewing jujitsu. <laughs> so it's, it, it's a catch 22. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's, everybody's got to make their, their call on what's their, their level of balance. For me, I'm actually at a right balance. I was unbalanced for a long period of time, and it was really killing me. I'm at a right balance. Um, you know, uh, for me, a right balance is about four days a week. Um, if I can sneak in five, <laughs> but four is good. Now, 
if I'm doing lunch classes, I can get five or more, but cause I'm not affecting anybody. You know, the, the daughter's at school, the wife's at work. It doesn't affect anybody, but if it's trying to like get them at nighttime, then we're, we're throwing things off balance, yeah. you know, and that's where it, it's the whole balance action. You know, so, yeah. Uh, cool, man. Uh, so okay. I got one last question for you. Sure. Do you have any liabilities? Absolutely no liabilities. <laughs> That's right, man. Hey, it's been good having you on the podcast, brother. Good talking to you again. I uh, hope everything's been well with you. Too, you too, brother. I can't wait to see you again. Wait till the travel restriction gets lifted so I can go visit your state. We're criminals if we go visit you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy times we're living in. All right, man. Have a go. Okay. Stay in tall, brother.